Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the Anxiety Chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the Anxiety Chicks and join over 50. 
500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks. I'm Allison Sepinara. And I'm Taylor. <laughs> and there's Taylor. I always let Taylor introduce herself. Uh, and we are Well, you're just excited. so good at the intro. Like, you're like, you almost like sound calming. Oh, thank you. We were talking about ASMR earlier, you guys. <laughs> and I just wanted to try this for all of you. I don't really benefit from ASMR, but I just think it's an interesting concept. So, um, welcome. I just want to say I am so excited about this podcast and I'm so completely just like, I don't know. I'm so happy that all of you guys resonated with it. We got so many amazing comments and so much good feedback about our first episode. And to be completely honest, you guys, because you know, I'm, I'm always honest. I, I don't want to say hate because that's a very strong word, but I was very, very unhappy when it ended. And Taylor can attest to how hard I was being on myself. I did not think I did a good job. <laughs> so hard. She was like, I think we should re-record. And I was like, uh, <laughs> we just did yeah. a full hour. It was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I know. Taylor, Taylor was like, um, I don't really have it in me right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, like, I'm going to need like a social break for like yeah. two days. <laughs> um, so so anyway, I just want to say thank you so much because, you know, we talked a lot last time about our perfectionistic tendencies and not feeling good enough. And in all facets of my life, I do get these just, you know, loud thoughts that make me feel like I should have done more or should have done something different. So Even when we first started, like even when we first started this podcast, you like when we were like practicing for those months ahead of time, you were like, something just doesn't sound right. Like, I think we need to do this. Like, I think we need to do that. And I was like, Allison, we sound great. We got this. It was. It was. It was the sound. (laughs) But But I I saw it in you. I was like, she's struggling. I know. And it being perfect. I do love that I'm able, we're able to sort of call each other out. And I love that. I think that's why our relationship yeah. works. And, and we're very aware of our own limitations and we're okay. Oh, yeah. And we're open to feedback. And that's one of the biggest part of the healing process is being open to feedback. If you're in counseling and you're going to therapy, you know, being open to that dynamic of your relationship with your therapist and being open to hearing what he or she has to say and trying to really take action and change. So every day is a work in progress, you guys, right? So anyway, I'm so excited and thank you so much for all of the wonderful feedback. But um, today I actually, we're going to talk about uh, anxiety related to COVID and we're going to kind of dive deep into our experience with coronavirus and how it's impacted our anxiety and um, how it's just obviously something that I don't think anyone was prepared for. Anyone thought they would have to live through in their lifetime. I was just talking to my friend about this, how, um, you know, within both of our lifetimes, now you were a little bit younger at the time, but like we've experienced like two huge monumental, like tra- world traumas in our life, like September 11th. Yeah. Right. Was so huge- how old were you then? I was in college. I was like 21. That's freaky. Okay. Wow. And you, how old were you? You were in high school. I was right? in kindergarten, so it didn't oh my bother God. me. <laughs> we were in kindergarten. I'm like high school. <laughs> you were in kindergarten. Right. So, right? Such a different I mean, you probably were like, yes. what's going on? 
I was a very, uh, I observed really well as a kid. Like I could feel like my parents, I knew something was wrong. Like I remember staring at them and being like, what is going on? Like, this is so weird. Everyone's acting so weird. And like everyone was glued to the TV and like, no, cause no one knew. Remember like, well, I don't remember, but my mom said she remembers in that moment, like no one knew what was happening next. Like just because that happened, it was like, well, what's next? Like, cause y'all didn't know if like something else was about to happen. Right. No, it was. And that's why I think everyone was just glued to the TV. It was something yeah. that, that, um, which, and like my second thing I was going to say about our kind of world trauma that we've been through in one lifetime is the pandemic. And it's very similar. Like there's a lot of people that are glued to their TVs and trying to find yeah. answers and figure out what's going on. Um, and so it's just so crazy that, I mean, talking to some of my friends that we've already lived through two of the most major you know, historical types of traumas that would have happened in the world. And I mean, September 11th was, you know, in the, on U.S. soil, but it still affected like so much of the world. Um, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, we could even talk so much about that too. It's, I don't want to be triggering anyone, but um, we were, we are going to talk about the pandemic. And so, you know, if anyone does feel like maybe they are, you know, becoming triggered or, um, if they've been through any type of trauma with um, any type of health-related concerns or huge global um, pandemics, I mean, I don't even know what, what what that would look like. But I mean, I want to let you know that, um, you know, we are going to be talking about this. And so if you do need any support or you feel like there's something that comes up within you, please, you know, you can find Taylor and I on Instagram. You can message us. You can email us and we can hope hopefully help you find some support. Um, but before that, I want to talk about how we've been doing. And I want to see yeah. how Taylor, how you've been doing. Tell me about your week. <sighs> well, as I told you, you know, when we were talking, my computer might fly away during this podcast. I don't, I'm just so ADD with my tabs. I... I notice when like I can't get things together, I have a ton of tabs open and that's when I know I need to like take back. Like I need to like sit yeah. down with myself because I'm like, that's when I know I'm getting like out of like, scatterbrain. Scatterbrain. Yes. Great. I'm like using my hands because we can see each other, but they can't see me. So <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, like when I start to get just like so many things on my plate is when I have a ton of tabs open. And so that's when I know... That's like my signal to myself that I need to back up and like slow down. So it's so funny because um, have you ever seen that meme that has all of the tabs open? Yes. And it said like, this is oh, what yes. my anxious brain looks like right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like my brain like projects like physically onto yes. the computer. It's like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. And I'm like, okay, slow down. Like that's my time to like recognize that like I'm going to that state of like, trying to do everything at once. And then like, I need to figure out why I'm doing that. Like I'm coping for something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Have you just had a busier week than normal? I think I'm trying to take too much on at once, like uh, with planning a wedding and not knowing if a wedding's even going to happen. And I keep going down that like hole, that rabbit hole of, of I'll see another wedding be canceled. And so I'll even like lose momentum. I'll be like, why should I plan? Like, I don't even think I'm going to have a wedding. And then I'll get so like, you know, just yeah. it's a it's a bad rabbit hole to go down. Well, talking about like coronavirus and having anxiety and um, 
that, I mean, talk about that's just one of the layers of so many of people that are in different type of places in their life and how much uncertainty there is. And with anyone that either had their wedding planned within the last five months or is also planning one, it's like just whatever part, whatever happened or whatever, wherever in your life you were at that point, it's still like, what the heck do we do? I I still, like, I still am like, do I keep planning? Like, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to know. So there is still so much unknown, I feel like. I know. That's the worst, especially with anxiety. All we want, all we want, when we struggle with anxiety, all we want is to know what's next, by the way. So if anyone can, uh, you know, relate to that, it's like, all I want to know is what's coming next. I feel like all my anxiety would go away if, if someone would just sit there next to me and tell me what's coming next. That is so funny you say that. I remember like when I was really struggling, I remember being like, if I could just know like what I'm going to die from and when, that would just be great. Like I could live. I would live a great life. I'm the opposite. I would never want to know. I feel like I would be so anxious every single day knowing that I would be dying. Like I, like knowing when it was coming. But what if it was a hundred? I don't even think I'd want to know. I still don't (laughs) think I'd want to know. The closer it would get to it, I would be like, I don't, so that is, I guess, one thing I definitely don't want to know about death, but I would like to know, like, what's coming at least maybe tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me what, tell me what, you know, tell me what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Am I going to be able to, you know, is it going to rain? I mean, with the weather, I'm like, tell me about the weather so I can plan. (laughs) I guess I'm just like such a planner, but the death thing, I don't know. I don't think I would ever want to know that. (laughs) It's funny. Um. But yeah, so the uncertainty is just, is just, I think, what really makes our brain in like a tailspin sometimes. But, um, but before we get into the coronavirus discussion, I really want to tell you a short story about what happened to me this weekend because it's the first time I actually experienced a really high amount of anxiety within myself for in a long time. I've really, you know, worked on managing my symptoms and knowing, being very aware of, you know, my anxiety rating scale, knowing when I'm going from like a three or four to a five, like I have to start doing my tools and I bring myself down pretty much. So I haven't really had a panic attack in years, but this was like, I could feel myself getting there. So it was my 40th birthday this weekend. I had a couple friends come down to my parents' storehouse and we kept it small because of the virus. We didn't want to like you know, make it a huge thing. But um, I did plan a dinner on Saturday night that was like 11 people. So not everyone was staying here, but everyone was like meeting us at this restaurant outside. And so um, I was so excited. The weekend was good. You know, like my friends, it was so nice. You know, I am very much, I think, I don't know if I said this last time, but very much an introvert in the sense that I need to be by myself for a little while, knowing that there's going to be a lot of people around. And then after a couple of days, I need to kind of restore that chi or the balance within me because there's oh, just yeah. so much socialization. Um, so I prepared myself and I know it. And so Saturday was maybe day three of a lot of people. So I was already, you know, feeling, you know, just on all the time. I was like really on and I just don't like yes. being on all the time. So I get to the restaurant and – um, the restaurant's packed and we go and I go up to the, the host and I said, you know, my name and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we're getting the table ready right now. And I'm like, OK, thanks. And I said, well, what's the point of having a reservation if they're just getting it ready? But OK, so all of a sudden I see like waiters like carrying chairs and tables to literally like a mile down the rest the road to, of the restaurant. 
So they're carrying these tables and these chairs down in front of like, there's a Chinese restaurant that's at like half a mile away. And so I guess they have the whole entire sidewalk that they're allowed to use, but literally just put the chair, put the chairs down and the table. And I followed and I'm like, is this where our table is going to be? Okay, whatever. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's just not even at the restaurant anymore. Wait a second. Wait, wait, what? Like down the sidewalk? It was literally down the sidewalk. It wasn't (laughs) even in front of the restaurant anymore because it was so crowded. (laughs) So what's the reservation? I know. So I, okay. So I'm like, okay, wow. Okay. So whatever, going from a two to a Trigger number one. Trigger number one. I said, okay, it's fine. You know, okay, we'll just, this is my birthday. Hey, fun, whatever. BYO. So it takes about 15 minutes for them to get the whole entire table ready. And you can see them like sweating, right? And and to be honest, I've really been more patient with restaurants because, you know, they have so many things going on right now, right? And it's, I mean, how, how, you know, appreciative am I to be able to be in a restaurant and they're so busy and all the stuff. So I'm trying to be more patient with, with servers and, and everything. But so we sit down and we only have like a fork and knife and there's no light. We can't see each other because we're not in front of the restaurant and it's like 830. So we're like, can we have a couple candles? Can't see anything. So they're like, okay, sure. Okay. And then we don't have menus for about 10 minutes. So we're waiting for the menus. Then the waiter comes out and puts down like glasses for our wine and they're they're literally like water glasses. They're not wine glasses. And so some of us are like, we want like wine glasses. Okay, whatever. It's a special occasion. I have like all of this stuff too on me, 40th birthday things. So, um, you know, just like, they're like, yeah, yeah. And they were trying so hard and it was so nice. But then the best part was he, <laughs> the waiter comes out and we're like, can we put in a couple appetizers? This is like 25 minutes later. And he goes, oh no, you're not allowed. We have to put all the, all the food in at once. And I said, well, 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 we don't, we actually were still waiting for three people. And we were like, well, we don't, we don't really want, know what we want yet. And he's like, sorry, it'll just take, it'll take really long. If you do it like this, it'll take like an hour and a half. And we're like, um, why are, well, what about appetite? Like, isn't that how people get dinner? Is that okay? And he's like, and then like 10 minutes later, he comes back. He's like, fine, we'll do it. What's your appetizers? It's fine. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, at this point was like at a five and I was not even just anxious. I was angry. I, all of it basically came down to the fact that I didn't like that I had, that this was happening with other people around me. I didn't want them to have this to be a reflection on me. Like I didn't want. I relate to that so much. Do you feel like even if it's your event that you have to make sure everyone around is having a good time and you like see their, like I can like even like feel people's vibes. I'm like, they're having a bad time. Like I got to flip this around. Like I feel like it's, but it's like they were there to celebrate you. But in your head, you're like, I, everyone needs to be having a great time or this is a fail. Oh my gosh. 100%. And I think that's where my brain started to go is like, I'm failing, I'm failing. And I'm, I started recognizing like the pre- and like pre, you know, working on anxiety alley, you know, that I really had no tools and going from zero to 10 really quickly. I just started noticing that I was, okay, thinking all of these same types of, okay, I don't want them to think, you know, I didn't work hard on, on, you know, or I, or I'm responsible for their fun. I don't want them to have it be having a bad time. Cause they probably think, you know, what the heck did she, is she doing? She's so irresponsible. And yeah, and so it's like all a reflection the thoughts on you. start coming in, and you're like, you're almost having so many thoughts that like you're not even living in the moment. And like, then you wake up the next day and you're like, I spent all of last night caring so much about 
everyone's time that I didn't even enjoy my time. And I think that's also where a ton of the exhaustion comes from. It's because your your mind's going, but you're also keeping conversation. It's so crazy how you can do that, how you can literally be in conversation with someone, but in your mind, you're like, I got to make sure everyone's having a good time. I have to like make sure everyone gets their drinks and food on time. It's like, how do we do that all at the same time? Oh my gosh. That's so exhausting. So if you're listening to this and you experience extreme exhaustion after social events and like, I think that's something I never like focused on back in the day. I would get so exhausted after parties. They were almost like too much for me. And I never realized that that was like actually a part of anxiety in me is like, I was so in my head about everyone else that I, one, I never lived in the moment. And then two, I was so exhausted the next day. 100%. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It's almost like you can't be, you can't be present to actually have fun because you're too worried about what's, what's happening and what everyone else is thinking. And, and I think, so going back to kind of cognitive behavioral therapy, there is another distortion. I talked last time, I think about catastrophizing, but there's another distortion that's like a thought error called um, mind reading. And it's essentially an error in your brain because you think that you can predict what someone's thinking about you, but you can't read people's minds. And I don't, you know, you're, even if you're the best, whatever you say, you can like media or read people's minds, you can't. And, and so in that, I think that's something that I, I've really started to try and focus on more in the moment is, you know, I'm, I'm starting and I, and I actually did really well on Saturday. I was very proud of myself because that lasted maybe five minutes and I got up and I called my sister cause she was on her way. And I said, you know, can someone, I also was, I also didn't feel like doing that at that moment. I wanted someone to kind of come and just take control of it for me. You know, I didn't want to have to deal with that right then. And so I was asking my sister, like, can she talk to the waiter? Can she talk to someone about this stuff? Because I just didn't want to do it. And I felt like I maybe had to pass a little bit that day because it was my birthday. So I called my sister and I just said, can you just hurry up? Because I don't know what's happening. I want to make sure everything's okay. And she's like, Allie, do you want me to make a reservation somewhere else? At this point, it's like nine o'clock. She's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm like, you're right. And that's another thing, you guys. When you're getting into this state of, you know, having all of these just intrusive thoughts. The last thing you want to do, I might've said this last time, but is be around someone else who has that same like anxious energy. Like so being able to have a support that is like, is is basically able to say, okay, don't worry. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Let's do this. We'll figure it out. This is how it can be. And just is so calming. And my sister totally is like that. And as soon as she said that, I I just sat down and my friends, my friends pulled out, you know, the wine that I had brought. I was like, here, you know, here's, here's like a glass of wine. Just, you'll be fine. It's your birthday. And we're all having fun. And I said, I know, what am I even, who cares? And the food was so good. They did, they were so nice. They basically, my other friend made a cake for me and they, they made this whole separate section of, uh, so where we could sit and have the cake and ended up being awesome. And I was so proud of myself that it really only lasted five minutes because it probably would have ruined. I probably would have still been so um, just like clenched up within myself and my muscles for the next two weeks if it was me in 2008. And um, so, so yeah, so it's just, it's crazy too, because you can't really, I could never have predicted that, you know, like everything was going fine. And there wasn't, usually there's a part of me that would say, oh, when's, when's the ball going to drop? There's going to be something that's going to happen. 
Like, when is it? Right. And I didn't really do that, but it happened. And I think I handled it well. So, And I actually heard from a study they did that, honestly, most of the time, what you think people are thinking and like focusing on, they're so worried about themselves that they don't even recognize anything about you. Like everyone is so worried about themselves that we're all sitting around like, I wonder if they're like noticing my acne or like something when like they're sitting there like, I wonder if they notice my hair isn't straight. You know, like everyone is sitting in their own self like image where most people aren't even thinking what you think they're thinking. No, no, they're not. I know. I know. And and that is something totally that helps me too in those moments. Um, That actually was one of the biggest things that helped me as far as shifting my brain at that moment. I was very much, you know, looking around and thinking they're having fun and they don't care. Yeah. Fine. And they're my friends too. And even if it was a big deal to them, it's not like it would, you know, make or break their entire life. I mean, it's not even, and, and in the grand scheme of things, what's really going on, I mean, good transition because what's really going on in the world. I mean, there's so many bigger things going on in the world. So when things like that happen to me where, you know, I'm annoyed for a second about a wine glass or I'm annoyed for a second about, you know, not having light, you know, there's people that don't even have running water in our world. I mean, so there's so many times I put into perspective in my mind and what we're going through in our in our uh, world right now with the pandemic, like this is not a problem. You know, like me not having me not having my menu within five minutes is not a big deal. You know, there's bigger things happening in this world. And so- That's crazy you say that because the other day I was um, going to go on my run and I was just not feeling it. I was like, I don't want to run. And when I was running, I saw this guy and he had his daughter in his lap and he was in a wheelchair and they were just smiling and like having the time of their life, like so happy. And in that moment, I was like, wow, like I have these two legs that I can use to run And it's almost selfish of me to not because I'm sure he would love to run. And that just like kept me going. I was like, there's just always a time to like sit and look and think like of what you're grateful for and what you do have. Because it's so easy in today's society to like look on social media and be like, everyone has this, everyone has that. And like, you can get so down about the littlest things like not getting a menu fast enough when like. Some people are truly fighting for their life in the hospital. 100%. 100%. I think there was something that I read where it's like you can't feel grateful and angry at the same time. Wow. Like it's impossible to feel grateful and angry at the same time. So take that with you, everybody. No, I don't know about you guys, but I just really, I I cringe with like chewing noises, soft whispering, smacking, any little noises. Like they just, ooh. The ASMR does not work for Taylor. She doesn't. It does not. If it works for you, then do it. I mean, hello, it's a huge hit. So I would love to hear it. it. If you guys have feedback about ASMR, can you um, get in touch with us? Because I'm curious about it. And what what you feel like it helps you with. Very curious. I I think personally, it has something to do with, I mean, I don't know a lot about ASMR, so I'm not going to pretend, but I think it has something to do with um, the same type of sensation you get when you listen to, you know, soft music or a guided meditation or someone with a calming voice. I think it's probably similar to that. Yeah. Who knows? 
Anyway, so now that we've gone off the deep end with yeah. <laughs> where are we? Okay, so I want to take us back to the first day you heard about COVID-19. Okay. Where were you? Let's hop into COVID talk. Okay. So this is so funny. The day before, so again, it's all it was all the closures were different in around the world, right? So I think it was the first week of March or something for us, but the day before they actually said, please, and I'm outside of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, you guys. So the very first day we were like, the night before I had a date <laughs> and I was at a restaurant. And so I remember thinking to myself, I'm here and and the restaurant was not that crowded because I mean, there had been people starting to think of what's going on here. But um, I remember saying to my date, this is very interesting. Like, what's going on? And my date saying, oh, this will blow over. Like, this is probably, you know, not a big deal. And, you know, I mean, you guys might remember you thinking the same way in the beginning. You know, you ne- you never think it's going to be like this catastrophic. But um, yeah, so I was on a date. And I remember like thinking that night I went home and I said, I was actually scared. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have gone on that, like out somewhere. And my brain started spiraling and I was just thinking to myself that I, you know, had it and all of the stuff that I'm sure you're going to, you can attest to Taylor. But, um, the very first, my very first response of hearing all this was watching the news, looking at all the information, trying to educate myself and understand. And I think that's probably most people's response at first because it's like, we don't know anything, right? You need to at least educate yourself about what's happening. Um, and then, yeah. So that's when I remember I was on a date. I'll never forget that. What about you? It's a day you'll probably never forget. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. We think about that. Like how, like that was just like a couple months ago, but now it's just so big. But for me, I actually was at the gym the day before. So when I'm hearing about it for the first time and I'm sitting down, my legs got weak. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is the end. I have it. Like, we're done. I remember just – I spiraled so fast. And I remember even getting text messages from a few of my friends who, like, know about what I've been through. And they're like, Taylor, this is your living nightmare. Like, your worst fear is is alive. And I remember being like, thank you. That is not helpful. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. But but if you truly think about it and anyone listening, like, this was really, like – anyone with anxieties or like health anxieties, biggest nightmare. It was something that no one knew about. People would get on the news and say like, well, we truly just don't know. And I remember I was glued to the TV. Bad, like bad, bad. Yeah. Like for how long? I had to, uh, all day. So, so bad spiral. Okay. I have a question because I know you said that you struggle pretty bad with panic attacks, like panic disorder. But you haven't had one, right, in no. a really long time. Um, how did you manage not to have one during the beginning of this? Because I felt like I almost had a couple, and I don't even struggle with panic attacks much. You know, it's it's been going on four years now that I haven't had a panic attack. And I, as we've talked about before, I used to have like 10 to 15 a day. Yeah, And I can truly – there was a time when uh, all this started – and in the past, like over the past few years where I can feel it happening. Like I can feel that beginning of like, it's a weird feeling I get. And I know if you struggle with panic attacks, you know what I'm like, what I'm talking about. It's like, 
everything just gets a little odd and off and all your senses get enhanced and I can like feel that coming. And so what I do is I'll like lay down or something and or like just sit back and be like, everything's great. Like we're fine. And like for some reason that just like I can like shut it off before it comes on. But okay. also obviously like I take CBD oil and that really helps me. But yes. Um, <laughs> so like – um. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely had a ton of those moments and like my parents talked me off the ledge. So I don't know if I've talked about this even on my Instagram, but I didn't see my fiance for like two months or like a month and a half. Yeah. Everyone thought oh I was gosh, crazy. I didn't even know that. Listen, listen, this is not okay for me. Like he was still having to go to work and people oh. facing. And oh. I was like, absolutely not. They're insane. That company's insane. They'll do anything for money. I was like, this is horrible. And then there's those people who like, were like, ah, this is dumb, who were still like coming in. And so, you know, I'm like, those people are, are probably have it because they don't care. And so I literally like, I don't know how he puts up with me. Like I'm being honest. Like, (laughs) I like, I remember my parents' neighbors being like, okay, but what if you were like already living there? And I was like, I would have left (laughs) and been at my parents' house. Cause like we're all, me and my parents or my parents and I are all the same. Like we, we like hunkered down together. Like it was so dramatic. Like we're all that dramatic. Like when, I think you've said this too, like your family, like the energy is like, oh my gosh, (laughs) the energy is like so anxious. Like no one can get a word in. I mean, I, I also, I don't, I'm not like stereotyping. Like screaming. I know. I was going to say, I'm not stereotyping at all, but I am Italian and my family's all Italian. And so yes. we yes. are very much, you know, I, and there's, I mean, it's so many like energetic and there's so many great aspects of it, but sometimes it's like sensory overload and I can't just even, I have to kind of take a break, but yes, you have to. I go over to my parents' house now and I'm like, I, I leave almost like, what did I just experience? Like everyone's <laughs> always, like, everyone's always like coming at five directions, like over talking everyone, and like, <laughs> I'm like, no wonder, like we have anxiety, well, like we're all anxious Annies. Well, you know what's so interesting during my whole journey of figuring out how to manage my own anxiety, I have recognized that a huge trigger for me is when people interrupt me. I am. There's something when someone interrupts me, it is so like devaluing to me or something. And it definitely has to do a lot with just being around a family where I felt like I always had to scream in order to get my voice heard. Um, not not always. I mean, my parents are the most amazing people and they talk about, I mean, listen, they're so open to hearing my feelings and stuff. And I'm so grateful for them. But with with our extended family, just being around a lot of our (laughs) other, when holidays and all that stuff, I just feel like I was so in the background. Um, So I think that interrupting part for me, I I know that now. And I can actually say to people now that do it in a way that's a very um, like non-threatening, defensive type of response back to people. And I just say, can I just finish what I'm saying real quick? You know, I'll just say that. And they're like, and they're actually like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Said no, it's okay. Sometimes I'll even say sorry. Being interrupted is just a little bit of a trigger for me, and I'll acknowledge it. And I was like, I don't even need to get into why, but just to let you know. And they're like, oh yeah, totally. So props to you. I cannot talk up to people like that. I get. I'm like, they're gonna, they're gonna think I hate them or I'm mean. 
It's really, it's really hard, but yes, you can. You just have to practice. It's really hard. Um, but I will say the most effective way of really trying to kind of communicate effectively is saying what you feel in the moment. That's a huge piece of communication. So if anyone struggles with that, it's very hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but recognizing your own feelings is the first step. So, um, but okay. So, so you, I like that. I like that you're able to kind of identify what, what helps you and not go back to that place of panic because I could imagine that you get nervous about going back. I mean, that's part of that's so hard with anxiety and with people that have panic attacks. It's almost once it's almost like once you're really aware of those those certain sensations, you your brain starts to go crazy about having a panic attack again. So you're just like, oh my gosh, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again because you start feeling these sensations. But and that's when it happens is when you allow it to take over you. So a lot of things I talk about on my page is like not fighting it and just being like, I've felt this before. Yes. Okay, check. Now that I know I felt this before, what can I do right now that will either give me some distraction for a second or just remind myself that I'm here, I'm okay. What did I just watch that maybe triggered me? Okay, I was watching the news. Okay, there's a pandemic. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. and just going through that list of yep. that makes sense as to why I feel this way. Allowing yourself to like talk to yourself, basically. 100%. I love that. Yeah. There's, um, I have on my online school, theanxietyhealingschool.com, I have a free course called Healing Pandemic Anxiety. So if you feel like it's free, it's a free course. Um, if you feel like you're struggling at all with, with this go to anxietyhealingschool.com and take it because um, there's a lot of good actionable steps that I give you in order to help relieve anxiety during this time. Um, One huge, I think one lesson I have that I talk a lot about is about watching the news and about watching not even just the news, but I mean, even like daytime TV that you were normally watching for fun, if you were around during the day, like The View or like Wendy Williams and all that stuff is is sort of back to celebrity gossip. So which is good. But even then, you know, you are going to be hearing about what's happening and it could trigger you. So definitely the news, though, it's almost like you need to set boundaries with that because you can go into a dark hole if you're just listening to it and about it all the time. When I finally moved into my house, so I moved into my house during the pandemic, um, the TV wasn't on ever because I'm working and no one's around. And I almost forgot about the pandemic. Granted, I wasn't going out and living my life. I didn't leave my house, but it wasn't on my mind. I was getting my work done, doing my work. But when I had the TV on, it was all I did. Hmm. Facts over fear. I'll never forget that headline. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm like, nope, fear. there's fear. There's fear. I've got fear. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So um were you by yourself? Wait, hang on, hang on. Yeah. They did facts over fear, but then on the right hand corner there was a tally of cases and every time there was a new oh. death or like a case, it would oh go up. Oh my gosh, amazing. I'm like well, I guess that's a fact, but then in your mind you're just looking at how many people are dying. It's that's like, a fear. How can you not, right. <laughs> Like, 
why do I want, why do I need to know? I really think that that's probably one of the biggest triggers for a lot of people. Like, why do I need to know how many people are dying all the time? I am so, I mean, I am completely like trying to support people that are going through this and having family members pass away and trying to do all I can to help with different organizations that can help fund and raise money for um, anyone that's having hardships. Um, But yeah, I know for me, it's if I keep seeing those numbers, I just, it's not that I'm not acknowledging it because I know it's happening, but I don't, I don't, I just, I can't, you know, like I, it's not good for me and my brain will go crazy. Um, So I think there's a happy medium. Like I will say what I did when the news, I wanted to stay informed. I still wanted to know how I could contribute to helping out. Um, I, I wanted to know, uh, Mostly, too, my parents are older, so I wanted to know exactly kind of what I can do for them. Am I allowed to drop things off, all that stuff? But I will say after like the first couple of days where I literally was just glued to my TV, I gave myself a half hour every day to watch anything I wanted. It could have been the news, it could anything related to COVID, but it had to be related to COVID. Like I could go on Facebook and look at everyone's. That was another thing. Everyone was just posting so many articles on Facebook that I had to kind of not be on Facebook a lot, but... Can I tell you something? What? That I did. This is so psycho. Um, I got on my Facebook and I found a way where you could filter your feed to see if anyone posted anything like with coronavirus in the in the uh, post. Yeah. So like oh. I filtered it and I, and I saw like 10 people and they were like, just got co- diagnosed with COVID. And like, so I would like see who has it or like if they know anyone who has it and like, I will never forget this one girl. I will not say her name, but she posted, uh, happy birthday to me, just got diagnosed with COVID. And then the next day was on the lake with like 10 people and she was like surfing behind a boat. Uh, oh, come on. And so I'm like, come on, why? Oh no. Yeah. There was a lot. There was, I mean, it, Facebook was probably, I, I also talk about this because there is so much information, which a lot of it is good, but a lot of it's misinformation and you don't know really where to get your information. So um, I just remember saying to myself, okay, from four to four 30 today, that's when I get to, that's when I get to watch or educate myself on anything. And there were days that I didn't even do it. I was so like, okay with still knowing what was happening. And when anything really like major happened, I would get a notification on my phone. You know, I, I have news and on my phone, I'd get it, but I didn't need to actively watch it anymore. Um, and it actually yeah. really helped kind of quiet my, my brain a lot better. Um, so, yeah. Sometimes ignorance or what is it? Ignorance is bliss. I know. I know. Sometimes, sometimes it is. And I'm such a person that wants to know every detail like anytime there's a story at my fiance's work, I like ask so many questions. I'm like, why do I care? Why, why do I care what like Billy's wife did or like, like, what, am I okay? Like, why do I need these details? But it's like, that's just how I am. I like want to know everything. Well, I'm just going to do a little psychological assessment on that statement. <laughs> um, because we want to feel like we're in control. So we feel like the more questions we ask and if we get answers, then we feel like we can control whatever if we were ever in that situation or we want to – I'm laughing. 
Well, no, yeah, I'm laughing because that's probably true. <laughs> I'm like collecting all the data. Okay, yes. what do I do with this? No, but I, I do it too. I'm not just saying it's you. I'm, and I'm sure people listening, I do it too. Oh, I'm I, sure. I yeah. so many questions. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, thinking that if I were ever in that situation, let me get all the, let me get all the data so I can know what not to do or, you know, um, so can you tell, can you tell everyone a little bit more about like the second wave and what happened to you? Cause I feel like that oh, yeah. was, that was really scary for you. And also that's kind of what led to our little procrastination of our podcast because of, of what happened and it was serious. So, yeah. So, um, you know, the first wave, and I know you can relate to this too. I didn't know anyone yeah, who I had it. Yeah, I only knew a couple, maybe like two. I literally knew no one. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Like they're saying these numbers are so high, but like, how do I not know anyone? And everyone I talked to knew no one. And so it was weird. And then this second wave comes around and you guys up north did it right. Like we opened our gyms, we opened our restaurants inside. And I remember talking to, do you remember us on the, uh, that test podcast? And you were like, wait, what? Yes. You were like, your gyms are open? Uh, yeah. I was I was very flabbergasted. I could not your, believe that your gyms are were open. Are y'all indoor uh, restaurants open yet? Um, so it, it all varies in Pennsylvania. I don't think Philadelphia at all yet, the city, but Montgomery County where I am, they are, but only with like 20% capacity. Are yeah. you serious? Are gyms open? Again, I think Montgomery County with only a certain percentage, but I will not. I will not go in anywhere inside yet. No. But there's some cities where it's still not open. I'm pretty sure Philly definitely the city is not. I I could be wrong, but I know the <sighs> restaurants aren't like inside. I mean, we opened up like like the world was happiness. Like it was like everything opened up at. I remember they were like, okay, everything opened 25, percent and then like two days later it was like 50, percent and then like a week later it was like 75, percent and I'm like, did it just go away? Like how does that happen? And so anyways, we lived like that for like, what, one to two weeks. And then all of a sudden, there are, people are freaking out. And then I remember my mom called me and she was like, listen, um, your aunt has COVID and she's being rushed by an ambulance to the hospital. And I was like freaking out. Oh my God. And that's when we were texting. Yes. And, and then, um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to get tested I was like panicked and then all of a sudden my fiance's family, they all get it. Granted, they're younger. So my aunt's about 60 something. And what's interesting is her husband actually has cancer and he tested positive too, but he was fine. He, oh my gosh. And she has nothing. Oh my gosh. That is so yeah. crazy. Right? He had no symptoms. How um how long in that what was the span of time between you your first your grand or your aunt and then everyone else you heard getting it like how fast did that fast I would say it was pretty fast and then that's when all the uh because I live in Dallas and so that's when all I even like messaged one of my group messages from uh, college it was like fifteen girls and all of them were just casually like oh yeah my friend has it oh yeah my friend friend went to the bar and nine of them got it and like everyone because our bars were open too and they were crowded like sardines oh yeah no. like it was just it was honestly though and for anyone listening to this like I know the news they're always gonna 
portray like the worst of the worst. And I'm not downplaying it at all. But like all of these kids and like people, granted, it's not about us. It's also about our parents that we need to be taken care of and the elderly people, the older people. Mm -hmm. But like they all didn't even know they had it. They just went to get tested because they were around someone who had it. And then they all were testing positive. So it was just, it was a wild time for me. So that's when my, that's when it really hit home. And I was really anxious. Yeah. I was, I was like not wanting to go anywhere. And I think I was like the only person my age not wanting to to do anything. And I think I still am. Like I'm still in quarantine <laughs> while yeah. Dallas like lives its life. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I didn't know anyone like really directly like in my family yet. yet. Oh, fingers crossed. But um. Definitely friends and people, friends of friends. I, no one, thank God, directly, like fatalities or anything, but it becomes way more real oh, when yeah. when it's – when now you know someone. And I had all the symptoms. Uh, so did I, like, like 5,000 times. <laughs> I convinced all, myself. Literally all of them. And isn't that crazy how like – and this is why – health anxiety is so real. It is so, so real. You can read about a di- a disease or a diagnosis and you like almost collect those symptoms in a box in your head. And when you start to worry about that illness, all of those symptoms come out and then you find yourself back on Google looking up that virus like you've never looked it up before, but you know, you have. And you're reading the symptoms and you're like, oh my gosh, I have them all. And it's like, of course you think you have them all. You've read about them. You've studied them. You've collected them. Yeah. And they're in the box waiting oh, for you Taylor? to panic again. What happened? I can't hear you anymore. Oh, I don't know. Did you hear me? No, now I hear you. Oh, what part did did you hear last? I don't know. But it has. it's going like in and out a little bit. Oh. It's okay. I can hear you now. Sorry, guys. But I hope they heard what I said. <laughs> I, I I heard I heard the health anxiety piece and how that's actually what at this time is like when your brain just starts going crazy with different symptoms. You literally, I mean, this is why our our mind and our body. When people are you know a lot lately talking a lot about how they're connected, they are because. We literally, if we believe that there's certain things going on in our body physically, they like you'll feel certain parts of your body either have certain sensations. I mean, okay, wait, let's pause on that because people used to say that to me, and my anxious health anxiety mind would be like, oh my gosh, I'm worrying about a brain tumor, so I'm causing one. You cannot. Think no. yourself into yes. a brain tumor, <laughs> yes. and because no. you know, Thank like when you. people take that manifest manifestation yes. stuff yes. to a new level, yes. they're like, "Oh my gosh!" People say, "If I think about it, it's going to happen," and I'm like, "You can't think yourself into a heart attack." 100%. You can't, guys. No, and thank you for clarifying that, Taylor, because 100. <laughs> percent You also can't die from a panic attack. So a lot of people think you that can't hurt you can hurt yourself from a panic, from a panic attack. attack, but you cannot. Um, you just there's sensations that make you believe that you're dying when you're not. Um, but yes, exactly. You're right. I'm talking more about like the, the sensations that happen as far as when you're feeling like very, very highly anxious, like a racing heart or um, you're sweating or your stomach, right, becomes really 
a nauseous or um, those types of things, especially with the gut because the mind and the gut are so connected. That is, they are very real sensations, but when you're believing a certain thing in that moment and how fear happens and how cortisol happens when we have this fear response, our body reacts to that too. And that's those, those are very real, but like our brain is basically creating those sensations at those moments. So it's funny. Yeah. Like you said, the, the gut to the brain connection, and it took me so much research to even find the truth and it's, it should be very obvious, but like, so dizziness, you know, like when you start worrying about something and then your brain spirals. So your brain is sending, or your, your, your gut is sending signals to your brain. Like they're both connected. And so like when you feel that dizziness or like your vision gets weird or stuff like that, blood in your body is actually dispersing to areas as if it's fighting, as if you're being chased by a lion. And so your body is using your body's so smart. It's so freaking smart. And so it just always wants to, it's, it's almost too smart. It makes me mad, but, um, it wants to save you always. So it's like, it's crazy how, when you really, and we'll have to do a whole episode on this, like why symptoms happen and like what is, what is actually going on inside and learning that actually really helped me because I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, my body's compensating for like the panic and the fear it thinks it has. Totally. Yes. We're going to do an episode on that because I think there's so much about, I post a lot about that on my Instagram and um, I think there's probably my most popular posts are kind of the, the education about the mind and the body and why we have this physiological response. And I think it's just, it's interesting that there's a lot of like information about it, but we don't know a lot about that. Like we're not really taught that. <laughs> At least I wasn't growing up taught a lot about no. our mind and our body. I I don't remember ever really learning about that until I researched it on my own. Until you went through it, right? Oh, yes, right. And that's why I researched. I mean, it. it's right. insane. And you're a therapist. Yes. And I'm an I'm yep. a dietitian. I never learned. I went through 27 hours, guys, of science classes, and never once was the explanation of how your body can act in a physical like fear reaction without a fear happening. Yeah, and it's just it's crazy how, especially in today's world, where one in five people, and I would say probably one in four, I would say it's gotten even more. Um, struggle with a mental health disorder. And yet we are not receiving education. I remember I did a whole research study in my master's on the health education classes in public school. Our textbooks were from 1986. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ours were like, 19, in the tex- like 1970 or something. Yeah, In the textbooks, this was, this was only like a couple years ago when I did this research study and I was bringing all this information to like the district, like, come on, how can we be, I could get really passionate about this because it's just mind blowing to me, even reading about anxiety in these books. It talks so much about nervous and, and it's so much more than being nervous. And I think that's why so many people are like, this isn't anxiety. This is something really bad, you know? And it, wait, wait, the book even had, can you repeat that? Um, people, oh, because we're taught like almost like anxiety equals being nervous. And oh. so I feel like 
a lot of people are like, how can this, what I'm feeling, be anxiety? Like this has to be something worse. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, because never it, I don't know that it's just the things we're taught is yeah. it's not enough. No, yeah. there needs to be more. Well, and and I think that with, you know, everything that's still happening with COVID that we've went through, I mean, it's so crazy that it's almost the end of July and I can't even tell you March till now. I mean, what the heck was I doing? I don't, I mean, I know I was working from home. I don't even, the days blend in together. I mean, there were days where I try, you know, at the beginning where I didn't even know what day it was and I knew I had to create some type of structure and that's really helpful too. So if any of you feel like your routine was just completely shifted and you didn't even have one, I mean, that was very common for a lot of people. You had to stay home and you had to sort of create the structure within your home, whether you have kids or not. I mean, especially with kids, you had to create, you know, you're not just mom anymore. You're like a teacher and you're um, a coach. I mean, you're all of these things. You're a therapist. I mean, you're like all of these things to your kids. Um, but even if you don't have kids, you creating a routine is something that was a struggle, I think, and trying to figure out how do I create this routine when sometimes for me, it's, it was really hard because my home is where my home was. And I was very much like, oh, you know, I, I don't work here. This is where I, you know, have fun. And this is where I watch TV and relax. But I had to make it also my workplace. So how do I like mentally compartmentalize all of that? And it was hard, but I knew I had to do it because structure, I thrive on structure and routine. And a lot of people that struggle with anxiety also thrive on structure and routine. And I don't mean like being so regimented because that can be kind of to a fault a little bit and it, it can kind of be harmful. But to a point where you have balance, but you're able to, and it takes self-discipline too. So if there's anything that maybe you're kind of trying to think about with what's going on now, I would say really try and and create, you know, we're talking about the quote new normal, um, create some type of routine or structure every oh, day. Yeah. Many days that I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah, for sure. What is going on? Um, well, before we go, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Was there anything else that you wanted to add, Taylor? <sighs> I think we covered our journey. We're still kind of in it. We did. Yeah. I mean, and my journey was basically, I didn't have um, like the second round. There are, we, I haven't really had, we haven't had anything like what you're talking about. So y'all are doing think, great. So I think we're doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel fortunate to be able to kind of be in an area that people are really following what they're supposed to be following and, you know, but everyone's outside and it's summer here. Now it's really hot, but thank goodness, you know, we're in this time with the summer because could you imagine if it was still winter and we wouldn't be able to do anything really? See, I like winter here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's still warm. Now. Um, so yeah. So all I, here's the short of my journey is I created structure and routine. I bought like four puzzles. Um, I, I started coloring in an adult coloring book. And I watched a lot of movies and I also was working at the same time. And I was also working on this with Taylor and my Instagram for you guys and just doing, doing different things, kind of how I, how I kept busy and keeping myself safe. So, um, so now we just do that every practice every day and it's, it's nice. I can still see a couple more people now, but still very at a distance, social distancing, everybody, social distancing, everybody. <laughs> 
with your masks on, please. Um, so my healing tip today on this podcast is going to be something that I think is really effective when it comes to quieting your mind, creating a stillness in your mind, um, and even for sleep. And I'll explain that in a second. But I want to recommend a couple apps that I love for mindfulness and for helping quiet your mind and for helping create a sense of calm um, when you do struggle with anxiety. So there's a couple apps that I love. Um, So for different reasons. So the one app I will say that is my favorite for to help with falling asleep is Calm. So the Calm app, and this is not sponsored, everybody. So um, it's just really what I believe. Um, The Calm app has something called Sleep Stories, which is amazing. It's essentially, there's a very calming voice and it's all different, all different voices. I think, Taylor, didn't you tell me that Harry Styles is doing one now, a sleep story? Oh, yes. It, it It is beautiful. Yes. So if you guys love Harry Styles, you can hear his voice and he can read you uh, on an audio um, book to fall asleep. So, so it's a sleep story. And there's all different types of stories that basically take you through a story and a journey um, through a very calming type of environment. So I know there's one called like the Lavender Fields. And so there's a woman who basically takes you through this visualization of walking through a lavender field and and waking up and and very descriptive about the sky and how it looks and just kind of puts your brain in this in this moment of and this this imagery of being in this lavender field and this is actually a very um I mean, this is a concept that psychologists have used a long time as guided imagery as part as a part of a meditation and for helping calm, calm the brain is kind of imagining you're somewhere else. Um, I, with kids, I, I ask them where their happy place is and I have them draw it and um, they think about their happy place whenever they're feeling scared or sad. So for this, the sleep stories are amazing because you um, – it's basically like you're an adult and someone's telling you a story, a bedtime story, kind of like if you, you know, if your parents read you stories before bed when you were young. So I would recommend Calm and the Sleep Stories. And then my other ultimate favorite, 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 favorite meditation app is Insight Timer. It is, they have thousands and thousands of free guided meditations. Um, And the reason I love guided meditations is because for someone, if you're listening and you've never tried meditating before um, and there's something that just seems daunting about doing it because most people, when they think of meditation, they think of sitting in a quiet room and staring at the wall for like a half hour. And to me, that actually does sound daunting. I don't think I ever really want to do that. That's not the type of meditation for me. Um, and it, if it's for you, then and it works, amazing. Um, but Insight Timer is is mostly guided and you can choose the length of your meditations. I always say if you're starting, start with like two to five minutes. Um, And then, you know, depending on how often you do it, you can go more. Um, But I love it so much because you can actually search a topic of a meditation that you want that day. So like the other day, I wanted to hear something about acceptance because I was struggling with accepting something. And I put in acceptance and like a hundred meditations came up for acceptance. I wanted one that I need, I wanted to do in the morning. I'd woke up very, woken up very tired and I typed in, you know, morning anxiety meditations and like 10 of them came up. Um, I, there was another one that I looked up that was 
for aging because um, I, you know, was turning 40 and I still, you know, think about getting older and that there's still part of that that, you know, scares me a little bit. And I mean, I'm not afraid to say it, but it's part of life. But I just wanted to listen to something about aging gracefully and kind of embracing getting older. And it really is like guided meditations are really like a coach. It's like a coach, but like in a very, it's a very calming and it's a very calming coach who is an expert in really mindfulness and it can help you. So I mean, Insight Timer, if you want to, if you want to sponsor us, that'd be great because <laughs> I feel like I'm talking like it's an ad, but it really is not. I just believe You're in passionate. it. So much. I believe in it so much. So Insight Timer, I would say start there, you guys. And so those are my two healing tips for today. I love both. Um, the quote of the day is worry is like a rocking chair. It will get you some, it will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. Think on that. Jody Picoult said that right Is she really yeah i'm pretty sure because i put wow. that quote on my instagram about a couple weeks ago anxiety is like a rocking chair it'll it'll it's something to do but it won't get you far right it says emma bombeck oh okay well either way it's i a don't quote. either way it's a quote. great quote whoever said it <laughs> i live by it oh i love it it's so true though like break that down you know yes like in your head like sit with it We'll also, I'll also be posting our, um, posting the quotes that we do every week on our Instagram page, the anxiety chicks. So you can follow us on the anxiety chicks and I'll be posting our, um, our quote every week on there so you can save it and go follow us there. And I am, uh, on Instagram as the anxiety healer, Allison Sepanera and Taylor, go ahead. Is at health underscore anxiety. Good old health anxiety. Exactly. Yes. Well, you guys, it was so nice to chat with you this week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Happy healing. It turned into another hour. (laughs) Bye, guys. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepanera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well. So go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out and as always go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.